Welcome to the People Powered Business Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Lee Billet. If you employ staff, engage contractors, or rely on people to help deliver your products or services, you're in the right place. Join us each week as we dive in to uncover what makes people tick, learn the best strategies and tactics to build an amazing team, and most importantly, discover how you, the business owner or leader, can unleash the power of your people to help create the successful business you deserve. Let's get started. Hello, hello, it's Christy Lee here and welcome to episode number 94 of the People Powered Business Podcast. How are you? At the time this episode's going live, we are somewhere between Christmas and New Year at that time of year when no one really quite knows what day it is um, or what they should be doing. But hopefully, whatever you're doing, you are enjoying yourself, possibly having a relax. Uh, I'm working through, lots of people I know actually, lots of business owners are trying to do a bit of catch up working through uh, this period because uh, we're all hoping to take some time off (laughs) early in the new year. So whether you're relaxing and you're catching this Uh, at the beach, by the pool, uh, out for a walk, or whether you are churning through some work, I do hope you're doing fabulously well. And welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. Now, today's episode is a really, really interesting discussion. I read an article um, a few months back about this concept, and it was one of those things that you read and you think, isn't that interesting? And I wonder how that works. And so I've done a little bit of diving into this topic before bringing it to you today, because it is something that probably will bend our minds a little bit. I know certainly for me, it was something that I was initially thinking, "Mm, not so sure about this, but no ideas are bad ideas. So I wanted to bring you this episode to see whether we could rethink the way we hire staff, because let's face it, we know we're heading into a quite a difficult time in terms of hiring people. There's going to be less people in the market, more jobs available, more businesses looking to grow, lots of movement, all of those post challenges. Of course, the added um, layer of people wishing to travel that have been holding that off, fingers crossed we can actually do that. I'm hoping, hoping, hoping. So we know it's going to be a tricky time to hire staff. So maybe this is the time to rethink a few things, get a little bit more flexible and look at how we do things. So today we're chatting about whether or not you would hire someone who didn't even have a resume. Now, if you've hired staff before, I'm going to guess that like me, the resume was a pretty instrumental part of that hiring process, at least at some level. Um, you will have looked at a resume to have a look whether the person had the experience you're looking for. As someone who helps other businesses hire staff and, and have been doing that for more than 20 years, it's my number one resource. I, I won't deny that and I won't say that doing without that seems a little bit scary to me because it is the resource that we use to determine at the beginning of the process whether this person has the skills and experience to do the job. But there's a whole new way of doing things. And in fact, it's not even a whole new way. It's, it actually has been around for quite some time, but it's not a way that we use very often. And it's a term referred to as open hiring. I would call it a bit of a revolutionary concept. And we're hearing more about it because here in Australia, businesses, including the body shop, are starting to look at adopting this kind of process. In fact, they are adopting this kind of process. So today, I thought we'd take a look at what on earth open hiring actually is, so we can really understand it. Have a little think about whether our current methods and processes might be getting outdated, dare I say it, (laughs) and look at what we could possibly rethink here. Is there something we can tap into with this open hiring that might in fact help us open up 
to new applicants that we wouldn't have otherwise considered, which might be really important as we're heading into a candidate short market. So let's kick off with looking at what open hiring actually is. Now, as I said, it's actually not that new a concept. This has been around since the 80s, actually. Um, But I don't see it happen in Australia too often. In fact, I probably can't think of one instance where I've seen it actively happen at all. But this was sort of launched, I guess you want to say, by a company called Grayston Bakery based out of New York in the USA back in the 80s. And they've been practicing this open hiring. In fact, I think they even trademarked the term um, since that point in time. And other businesses like them have started to also adopt this kind of hiring process. And effectively what it is, it is hiring people without looking at a resume, without doing a background check, without doing a criminal history check, in fact, without even doing a formal interview. Now, if that makes you feel a little nervous, you're not alone. That makes me feel a little nervous. All of these tools and resources that we have built and honed and skilled ourselves in to make great hiring decisions, they are suggesting that we do away with. It feels a little odd, right? But this is the exact process that they went through. So education status, work experience, criminal history, none of these things matter when they are hiring for these positions. They see it as an act of inclusion, although I'm sure they didn't use that word in the 80s. That's much more of a common term, and it's certainly a term the body shop are using when referencing this, about community, about giving back, and about giving people second chances. So it's really quite interesting, and there are a few different ways we are seeing it implemented. But effectively, in Grayston Bakery's case, what they did, or the structure they used, is they had a certain number of opportunities or vacancies that they accepted people for. You could then go on a wait list. So it was very much a first come, first served, or first come, first hired, I guess you want to say, situation. And it remains that way today. But they didn't put them straight into an employed position. And I think this is really interesting. They started them with a 10-month course in job and life skills, so a 10-month training program where they taught them not only about the -the on-the-job skills, but also about being a great citizen, a great community member, giving back to the local community, a whole range of work and life skills. Now, I haven't quite ascertained whether that period was paid in any way or not, or whether that was training that the company provided, so they invested in the individuals and provided the training, and that training effectively was a very, uh, you know, strong (laughs) uh, screening tool because some people didn't make it through the training, obviously. But if they did, then they are offered entry-level roles at the end of the training program. Now, my rational brain gets this model because you've got 10 months of telling, no matter what this person's background is or experience or any of those things, you've got 10 months to assess them as a person before they're coming into your company as an employee. So I get that model a little bit more than the other versions, I guess. So in the case of the body shop, they've trialed this in their US stores, and they're now bringing it to their international stores, including here in Australia. And In this case, they just need to, the applicant just needs to express interest in the position, not with a resume, just with, you know, some um, notification. They'll be asked to answer three questions. And the questions are around, um, do you enjoy customer facing work? Can you lift it might be five kilos, 10 kilos, some some amount, you know, the the type of work that they would actually need to do. Do they have the physical capacity to do the job? Um, 
And very simple questions like that. Do you have the legal rights to work in Australia? So important from a tax perspective here in Australia anyway. That's it. Once they answer those three questions, if the answers are yes, 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 they go in and have a quick meeting, like a meet and greet with the store manager who talks to them about what the actual job involves, what are the inherent requirements, what are you going to actually be doing every day? And if the person is happy, they then accept that job there and then. That's it. It's not an interview. It's a, this is what the job looks like. Do you want to take the job? So very different to our interview where we're grilling and asking questions. So that's a very different approach. And that, again, might be something people would see as scary. And the Body Shop talk about this being an important part of their inclusion policies, about giving people that would otherwise have zero chance of gaining employment a second chance. You know, um, anyone with a criminal record, criminal history, is going to find it very difficult to get work in any capacity. Someone who hasn't worked before, you know, one of the examples they provide is someone that has been a full-time carer to perhaps a family member with a with a disability, unpaid work, but not to say they don't have skills, they just haven't proven them in the workforce and therefore don't have a resume or a background or a reference check to show for it. So it's giving people that would otherwise not have work opportunities a chance. And I find it really fascinating. So that in a nutshell, is what open hiring is all about. And the question I want to pose to you today is, are our current methods outdated? Do we need to rethink things? Is the process of looking at a resume, doing some screening, talking to someone on the phone, conducting an interview, doing a reference check, doing some background checks, criminal history check, is this really the best way to find the best people for our business? And in some cases, I actually think the answer might be no. Undoubtedly, there are some positions that you need to understand the candidate's background for. They need to have certain skills and certainly in many cases, certain qualifications in order to legally be able to perform that job. But there are other roles where perhaps we set the bar at an unrealistic level. I don't want to say too high, but perhaps what we're asking for is actually not relevant to someone's ability to complete the job and to complete the job well and to be a really great team member. I think there are some cases where that is actually true. And so that's where I want to challenge you to perhaps rethink the old way of doing things. Because in the candidate short market, if we don't get flexible, then we will lose. And I think the other thing that's really comes to mind when I think about this is I talk all the time about the importance of values and um, cultural alignment between our new employees and our team and how this outweighs anything else. And I quite openly say you can have the most technically brilliant person, but if there's a values mismatch, if there's not an alignment of values, they won't last and they certainly won't be a top performer in your business. So particularly when we're looking at some positions – Isn't it better to find someone with the best values and the best resume? Isn't it better to find someone who will be so appreciative of the job and work so hard to prove themselves than someone who happens to have done that kind of job for six months before? I also sometimes believe it's better to train people our way because untraining someone and getting them across to our way of doing things can actually be harder than training someone from scratch for some roles. And if you've had that experience, I'm pretty sure you know exactly what I mean. So I do think there's room for this in our workplaces. And I think this may be the time that we start to really rethink how we recruit for some positions in our workplaces. 
So what roles do I think this would work for? It's probably pretty obvious. The entry-level roles, the more repetitive roles, the roles that are easy to train someone on, they're also easy to supervise and manage, so there's lots of checks and measures in place. And, of course, a role that is casual in nature or has a probationary period involved because you're really going to want to make sure they're the right person for the organisation as well as part of this. But that aside, I think there's absolutely room for this. But I think there are a few key ingredients in order to make it actually work in practice. I think for any business to get this right, you need a solid leadership team or leader, depending on the size of your business. Without great leadership, hiring people this way, I think, would be destined to fail. I think you need great structure in your business so that there are processes and procedures and checks and measures in place. That ensures there's lower risk for error. And I think you need a great workplace culture. This will work brilliantly if you can give this group of people a second chance, if you can give them an opportunity, but also it's going to be about helping them navigate some challenging changes and a transition, improving their self-esteem and self-worth, giving them a sense of value and satisfaction. All of that comes back to a really solid workplace culture, one that's based on trust and respect. And productivity, of course, is important, but a culture that really is seeking to lift their people. I think those three things are the secret source to this actually working in your workplaces. So that's been a little bit of a brief episode today, but I just wanted to get your juices thinking about whether or not this is an opportunity for you in your workplace to rethink how you might hire for some of your roles. This is definitely not for every position in every workplace, but could you take something from this? Could you take a slither of how these companies are doing this open hiring process and mix things up? perhaps create opportunities for people that didn't otherwise have them and perhaps open yourself up to applicants that you didn't otherwise have access to. It could be great for you, it could be great for your business, and it certainly could be great for these people. So I hope that gets you thinking over this new year period about some opportunities and how you might do things differently. But before I go today, I do have an invitation for you. If you would love to connect with other like-minded business owners, leaders, and managers to chat all things HR and to have a go-to place for some support around that, I'd love you to join us over at our free Facebook group, which is called HR Support for Australian Businesses. If you go over to Facebook groups and you type that in, HR Support for Australian Businesses, you will find us right there. I'd love for you to join us. Or if you just go to go over to today's show notes, which you'll find at peoplepoweredbusiness.com, episode number 94. We will have that all there for you. Well, that is it for me for today. Thank you so much for joining me. Happy New Year to you. I will be back with you again in 2022, next week, in fact, with some brand new episodes. Take care. 